0: Fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on fantasy freestyle. Up next on that cypher. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez.
1: You know what it is. It's your boy Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. the Spitting Statistician, a.k.a. the stable genius and vocal minority of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle, because my homegirl Jilly Dilly is correct. It is episode 323. We have been making it pop off. Big shout out to her. Big shout out to the entire Stats Overbeat Cypher. You can catch us on the uh, chat room over there on YouTube. You can hit us on Twitter. You can hit us on Facebook Live. So many ways to see it. And, of course, remember to download wherever it is you get your podcast after the fact. We got a good show for you, okay? On Tuesday, I started off my wide receiver, Diamonds and gazes We continue that. This time we go a little bit lower, so the middle round the later round guys there's still some values there and to be quite honest that is how you win your league and win that cash and that's what we're trying to do here on the fantasy freestyle to everybody who saw me on tuesday i was like yo where's speeds beer dilly dilly to y'all we got our boys down there in the fantasy pit of misery my man danny auto keeping it popping there in the chat room feel feel free to uh, say what's up i got some questions from you guys we'll be getting to those later on in the show Besides the wide receiver, diamonds and fugazes, we're also going to, uh, time permitting, we're going to get into some of the previews for week three of the preseason. They call it the dress rehearsal, right? So there's a lot of things to consider. People are going to be playing full halves. We want to get into that. We also have a very special guest here on the show today. You have heard about our collaboration with DKMS, how we're helping the fight against blood cancer. He's been with us once before, but we're going to have Corey Sully join the show a little bit later on. He's going to tell you about, you know, to be quite frank, he's going to tell you how easy easy it is for you to help save a life and help someone struggling with this disease. And then we're going to chop it up with him and see if he's ready for his fantasy football drafts that are popping off. Listen, this weekend, I kid you not, is uh, National Fantasy Football Draft Weekend. I've got a bunch. On Saturday, I'm going to be hitting up that GST League with a lot of people from this network. On Sunday, we're also doing a big thing. On Sunday, live for the weekend edition of Fantasy Football Frenzy, we're going to have a uh, big high-stakes draft. And I'm going to be combining with my guy, pipes blew it we're gonna do a little fantasy sports today team you know how we do you know what i mean so that should be awesome let me give you a couple of news and notes that struck my fancy since the last time we talked okay a couple of things are clear to me one is that the jets know that teddy bridgewater is a asset for them that they may potentially flip okay uh Maybe on Tuesday, I told you, but they called the Jacksonville Jaguars, inquiring about Dante Fowler, the pass rusher down there who has not had his option picked up. And remember, I believe that Bridgewater would be the best quarterback on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think he'd be the best quarterback in the state of Florida, if you want to be quite frank. I think he's better than Tannehill in Miami, and I think he's better than Jameis Winston as well. Jameis Winston shows that he still does not really understand how to develop, but... I digress, okay? So we'll see about that. But now there's also reports that the Jets reached out to the Oakland Raiders about Khalil Mack. Remember I talked to you guys on Tuesday about there's odds. Khalil Mack, it looks like he's going to get traded. Right now the Raiders are like the third choice for where Khalil Mack will be after the trading deadline. The Bears and the Packers are the favorites. The Jets were just at that same level. So this is interesting as well. It seems like the Jets are in the market for a pass rusher, and it seems like they're going to try to leverage Teddy Bridgewater in order to do so. All right, another piece of news that I want to get at. Listen, a lot of news around Seattle Seahawks running back Rashad Penny, okay? Rashad Penny at first was like, oh, he's going to be this three-down back. Oh, he's going to be a beast, you know? I was seeing him go in rounds like four or five in fantasy drafts. Then we started to hear a lot about Chris Carson, how he is going to be the lead dog, how he looks so great in training camp, how he looks great in preseason. Then Rashad Penny breaks his finger. That's a problem. Now, new piece of news. We're hearing that Rashad Penny has gained 16 pounds since the combine back there in March or April. That's not a good thing, okay? Aaron Jones put on weight. I didn't like it. I like it when guys slim down. We're hearing that uh, about Leonard Fournette. I like when guys are slimming down. There's no real reason for a guy to be putting on weight. Wait like this, okay? So I think that's yet another kind of mark on the bad side for Rashad Penny. I think now, though, here's the thing, and I've said this before on the morning shows as well. These falling running backs, Rashad Penny is falling. Ronald Jones is falling. Uh, Sony Michelle is falling. Naheem Hines is falling. These rookie running backs who may have had some buzz, but now the narrative has turned. Listen, I think these guys represent value for you. And this is what I'm going to say, okay? When you are drafting these guys, some of these running backs, these rookie running backs, I've said it before, I will say it again. These guys ascend over time as the season goes on, okay? So when you draft a guy like Ronald Jones or Rashad Penny, you are not drafting for September, okay? He might not be the lead dog in week four or five. But if you listen to the Fantasy Freestyle, if you're part of the Stats overbeat Cypher, you are expecting to play in the playoffs. So you got to see who are going to be those guys in weeks 14, 15, 16. And I'm going to tell you, in Tampa, it's going to be Ronald Jones. In Seattle, it's going to be Rashad Penny. In New England, it may very well be Sony Michel. So these guys now represent value to me. If you can get Rashad Penny in the seventh round where I'm seeing him now, take that. Run and take that ish. Okay, that's what I'm saying. And I think some of these rookie running backs who are falling where the narrative is like, oh, they can't leapfrog the starter, the incumbent, just yet. I still will go ahead and grab them, especially in dynasty leagues. We know about that in keeper leagues as well, where there are assets moving forward. But in redraft league as well, you know, it, it's it's common for the running back to kind of get their legs under them and ascend an opportunity over time as the season goes on. So I'm Okay with the value that Rashad Penny now predicts, because I do think he is the better back from Chris Carson. Chris Carson also has fumbled a bunch of times in the preseason, so uh, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks brain trust are not going to want that. All right, the other piece of news that i got to tell you, New England, Patriots went ahead and cut Kenny Britt. They're doing that. uh, Most people think it's to save, you know, $1.3 million off the salary cap they saved by cutting Kenny Britt. But the question does remain, what does this mean for – You know, what does this mean for the pass catchers? Who is going to be that second pass catcher? In the first four weeks, Julian Edelman is out with the suspension, right? You know there's Chris Hogan. We know there's Gronk as well. Who's going to be that second wide receiver? Is it Cordarell Patterson? Is it Philip Dorsett? Is it the rookie uh, Braxton Berrios? Others, you know, that's that's what I think is an intriguing question because the second wide receiver for New England in short term, but before Edelman comes back, is going to have some value, might have some DFS value, but it won't be Kenny Britt. My thought is that it's going to wind up being Philip Dorsett. So keep an eye out on him as we move along. All right. That's about that for the news and notes because, you know, I came to you guys on Tuesday. And so, you know, remember um, – You know, we're going to be doing it twice a week, so I'm going to have less to catch up on. I want to give a big shout-out already. We got Gregory Castillo in the chat room. Yo, some of you guys were giving me grief on Tuesday. I didn't have my beer, but Gregory Castillo, dilly-dilly to you. I see Alexander Martel, Eric Ross. You know, I I see your questions. We're going to answer them a little bit later on on the show. Gregory Castillo, you're absolutely right. It looks like Rashad Penny might be eating that Chinese food a la Eddie Lacy. You know, I've been saying it for a while. They tried to replace beast mode. Eddie Lacy became feast mode. So maybe that's the path that Rashad Penny is on as well. All right. I'm going to answer some of these questions in the chat room. My man Danny Otto is taking good care of us. He'll hit me up with those questions. We'll answer them a little bit later on in the show. So stay tuned for that. What I want to get into, though, is I want to keep up where we left off, right, with these wide receivers, these diamonds and fugazis, the wide receivers you need to you know, have as value and the wide receivers you need to forget about here on the Fantasy Freestyle. We're going into like the middle rounds now, okay? So let me give you some guys I like in the middle rounds. I love Chris Hogan. We were just talking about this. Who is the number two wide receiver for the Pats? We know who the number one wide receiver is, and it's Chris Hogan, okay? Chris Hogan is going to get bombarded with targets, in my opinion. I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Hogan winds up this year with 140 targets or more, and that is high, okay? There are not many wide receivers that are going to get average you know, nine targets a game, all right? And I think that Chris Hogan might be one of them. If for nothing else, he's going to be the number one wide receiver for a Tom Brady-led team. I think that chemistry was building. Don't forget, Chris Hogan was a top 10 wide receiver before he got injured last year. If you look at, like, weeks 9 and 10... And you looked at all the wide receivers. He was literally like a wide receiver one. He was one of the top ten wide receivers. I like Hogan. You can get him at value. I have him on some of my teams in the Flex League. For example, I have him as my wide receiver three. I'm thoroughly excited about that. I even think he's an okay wide receiver two. In the same vein, give me Juice. Give me Jarvis Landry. I'm going to go bless him and whatnot, okay? I think he becomes Tyrod Taylor, or should it be Tarod? If you saw Hard Knocks, you know what I'm talking about. It's not Tyrod, apparently. It's tarod but uh we'll get into that a little bit later on but i love jarvis landry jarvis landry i think the cleveland browns are using him differently than the miami dolphins did he's still going to be a ppr beast but he's going to stretch the field a little bit more he's going to be on the outside a little bit more when tarod taylor is in trouble he is going to look to jarvis landry you got to think about this yes josh gordon is back but he hasn't practiced with either of these quarterbacks Jarvis Landry has. Jarvis Landry is also, if you watch Hard Knocks, he is the undisputed leader of that wide receiver group. I think he's going to have more touchdowns than in years past. I love me some Jarvis Landry at that tier. Let me tell you some guys I don't like at that level. I'm I'm off Michael Crabtree. I'm off Michael Crabtree. As you know, if you've been listening to the Stats Over Beat Cypher, I've been off the Baltimore Ravens in general. Although, listen, Joe Flacco has looked a little bit impressive. But I find there's still a universe where Lamar Jackson is getting starts towards the end of the year for this team. That compromises Michael Crabtree big time. Remember what I said. You're looking for weeks 13, 14, 15, weeks 12 to make your push. There is a point in time. There's a universe where... At that point of the season, Lamar Jackson is the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. And if that is the case, I think you got to be concerned with all of the pass catchers. So for that reason, I'm a little bit off Michael Crabtree. I'm also off at this level, I'm off Corey Davis. And let me tell you something. If you were on the Stats Overbeat Cypher, if you listen to the Spitting Statistician, you already know all last year I was high on Corey Davis. I was like, yo, he's going to pop off. And I was like, start him right away when he got healthy, right? I don't think it's going to happen. New scheme. And here's the thing. I love his skill set, but it's about skill and opportunity. I think he's going to have his breakout, but next year. Okay? So I wouldn't spend the draft capital because someone in your league is going to be real high on Corey Davis. It just won't be me. All right? So I think um, Corey Davis is a little bit of a fugazi, someone you need to... Forget about for uh, your fantasy drafts. I think there's better wide receiver options at that level. All right. And we'll get into some of the game right now. The next tier I want to go down and talk about. Is where I, you know, if you listen to the show, you know, I talk about the fantasy herds all the time. And the Rams are a perfect example of this. Okay. You got Brandon Cooks. You got Cooper Cup. And you got Robert Woods. Right. All three of them are similarly ranked. All three of them may wind up with, you know, 80, 85 catches. All three of them may wind up with 900 yards. All three of them may wind up with I don't know, 6, 7, 8, nine touchdowns, right? So with that being said, I want no part of uh, Brandon Cooks. He's the one being ranked higher. He's the one with the higher ADP. I don't want him. In the fantasy herd, I want the guys that are representing the value. To me, that's Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. More so even Cup. These guys are all going to have weeks where they pop off and help you win your week against your competitor. All three of them are going to have weeks where they are DFS plays that help you win that cash. But on a consistency basis, that's what I um, worry about. With the Rams wide receivers. And that's what I worry about with the fantasy herds in general, okay? These are guys with high volatility because you can spread it around on any given week. Think about Philadelphia. Think about Detroit. Think about, you know, obviously the Rams as well. There's a couple of other ones out there. I think KC could turn into this a little bit. There's a couple of other teams out there. And so while those players may be great and they're going to be weeks where they win you your week, there's also going to be weeks where they are a little bit of an issue. And so for that, I'd rather the lower rank guy. I'm not going to spend up more for someone who's going to have that volatility. So give me Cooper Cup. Give me you know Robert Woods over a guy like Brandon Cook- Cooks because I'm not going to play the draft spot that I need to for that. All right. Another Fugazi, I think, at this level. I want no part. I'm going to have zero shares of Devin Funchess this year. All right. All of a sudden, there's more weapons in Carolina. Greg Olson is back. They like the kid DJ more. Christian McCaffrey is going to catch 75 balls, right? So that being said, I think Funchess is the sacrificial lamb. I think he has a worse target share than he did last year. I think he has the worst target share for any number one wide receiver. Number one wide receiver. I put that in quotation marks anywhere maybe in the NFL because of the other options. And when I'm looking at a number one wide receiver, like I said, I want those target monsters. funches is not the one. So even in this level, I'm talking about like wide receiver 35 to 40, 45, that he is not the guy for me. Um, a little bit lower. Let me give you some guys that I do like. All right. Let me give you some guys that I do like real quick before we got to go to break here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Um I love Mike Williams. I've been telling you guys this. I love Mike Williams. He's going up in draft boards right now in an ADP, but I love Mike Williams. I think he's the guy who soaks up the Hunter Henry production after that injury in Los Angeles. I think, you know, you got Keenan Allen, but I think Mike Williams is going to be one of the better number two wide receivers in the league. I think he renders Terrell Williams and Benjamin as useless. Okay, I think he is the number two wide receiver and I think he is the red zone target for the Chargers. Keenan Allen, not really that guy and they don't have you know uh, Hunter Henry or Antonio Gates there to be the security blanket for Phillip Rivers. I like Kenny Galladay this year a little bit more than most same reasoning okay, in the fantasy herd and I told you that piece that uh it looks like it might be Galladay over Golden Tate in two wide receiver sets him and Marvin Jones so that's a big time increase to his snap count I think it's an increase to his targets and production as well give me Cam Meredith as well in New Orleans if he can get over that knee injury I like him a lot as the number two pass catcher for the New Orleans Saints and of course don't forget to stash Julian Edelman if you can grab him same theory in the playoff weeks He'll be there, and he'll be just fine. We welcome a guest to the show after the break, and we'll take some of your questions from the Stats Over Beats Cypher. You know what it is. It's your boy Speeds, the spitting Statistician, right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're going to connect with our guest, Corey Sully, in a hot second. Real quick, though, I want to answer a question out there. Stats over Beats, Cypher, you know what it is. Dilly dilly to you guys. Alexander Martell is saying he just got Michael Thomas and Jimmy Graham for Gronk. Calvin Kirk or Christian Kirk, and uh, Calvin Ridley, thoughts on that. I like that. I like that, Alexander. I like that a lot, okay? And here's why. For me, you know, the, the, the gap in the wide receivers from going up to Michael Thomas, you just got yourself a stud, right? And in terms of Gronk, listen... Don't get me wrong. Gronk is a step ahead of all these tight ends, including Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, though, is going to get you touchdowns, right? There's a universe where Jimmy Graham is the tight end four or five, something like that. And there's also a universe where Gronk once again misses some time because of injury. I like what you just did there, Alexander Martell. I like that trade um, in the PPR format for sure, mostly because you wind up with a huge upgrade at the wide receiver position and you're – Drop and the tight end position, I think, is not as big as the you know gain that you have in the wide receiver position. So that's what it comes down to. Gregory Castillo and others, we're talking about guys like uh second RBs, talking about Kenyon Drake, Alex Collins, and uh Derrick Henry. I love me some Alex Collins. Alex Collins has a great schedule. For running backs, okay? The Baltimore Ravens have one of the best schedules for defenses against running backs. I like Alex Collins a bunch. When it comes to Drake, you know... I'm worried about Drake, and here's why. Because I think Frank Gore, I told you, he's just unexcitable but just dependable enough to really be a part of a committee that horns in on Drake's value, and that's my problem. Yo, what up, strong style? Dilly-dilly to all. And by the way, I got my beer for you, so dilly-dilly strong style. So, But that's my issue with Kenyon Drake. I think Gore is just so dependable that he's going to wind up horning in on that, and that Miami offense is really not the offense that I am going to try to ride with. Derrick Henry, I'm also a little bit down. In my opinion of these three, I like Alex Collins the best. And for me, there's a gap there. Uh, With Derrick Henry, listen, I think Deion Lewis is going to be very viable. Someone else in the chat room talked about... Yeah. So Other people talked about how Devontae Booker is going to get hopped by Royce Freeman, stuff like that. And I think Devontae Booker and Derrick Henry are similar in this vein. The organization wanted both of them to kind of take the reins of that job last year. Neither one successfully did so. You know, DeMarco Murray was banged up all last year. They wanted Derrick Henry to be the guy. Never happened. They wanted Devontae Booker to be the guy in Denver. Pete in Staten Island remembers this. Never happened. So what the organizations do in Denver and in Tennessee, they went out and got someone else. Deion Lewis in Tennessee, um, Royce Freeman with the draft pick in Denver. I think that's a clear sign to me at least that they don't think this guy could be sort of the bell cow. I do think Alex Collins is the lead dog in Baltimore, and they've got a great schedule for me. It is that. All right. Um, Yeah, strong style is correct. We got that popping off going on with my man Danny Otto. We'll holler about that a little bit later on. But like I said, we have a guest. It is Corey Sully. He's been on the show once before, but we welcome him back representing DKMS. We welcome Corey Sully back to the Fantasy Freestyle. Hey, Corey, how you doing, my friend?
2: I'm good, Dane. What's going on with you guys?
1: We're hanging in there, you know, trying to help people win their leagues and win that cash. Listen, as you know... Um, listen, you are a DKMS hero. We here at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network have been partnering with DKMS to help the fight against blood cancer. We talk about it so, so many times, how easy it is, Corey, and you are a testament to that, how easy it is to register, swab your cheeks, potentially be a match. Why don't you, Corey, tell us a little bit about your story, your engagement with DKMS.
2: Absolutely. Um, I was swabbed at a lacrosse tournament about five years ago. I got the call in 2017, and it was saying that I was a match. And in fact, after going through the testing, I was deemed a perfect match for a 40-year-old male who had CML, the chronic myeloid leukemia. Wow. Um, I went through a process with a physical exam and a a vein evaluation over the next two months. I was deemed a match. And on April 26th of 2017, I was able to donate my stem cells to a 40-year-old male, and I was very happy. I was very proud. I was very honored uh, to do this for him. I mean, and um, hopefully it has enabled him to resume some semblance, you know, some a a normal semblance to his life, you know, because it's something that I take for granted at times. And uh, hopefully there's been some normalcy uh, returned to his life in terms of his relationships with his friends, his family and so forth. So just I told them, I said, hey, I said, if I'm available again, and there's a match, I said, you need to give me a call because I can donate up to two more times before um, I've deemed out. You've and been I used up. Anymore, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, but I don't mind. It's just an honor for me to do it.
1: I hear you. And do you have any contact with, the, like, with that person, the donor? You know, like, are you are you in touch with that
2: person at all? You know, when I attempted to reach out to that person or I gave consent to reach that person, but yeah. unfortunately the uh, patient did not want to have contact for now. I see. No,
1: that's understandable.
2: It was disappointing, but, you know, it's my understanding that, you know, I have to, and I will respect their privacy, and it's their decision. I, mean, I want to meet them either in person over sure. Skype, over over Instagram or Twitter, but it's just not possible for now. But, you know, that's not the important thing. It's what I did from my heart to do it. Absolutely. I, mean, if I see them. I know, but I know I did the right thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, we talk about fantasy sports all the time. This is not the fantasy world, okay? Corey Sully is out there in real life making a difference. He told you he swapped his cheek at a lacrosse game of all places, right? So, and it just tell the people out there how easy it is to do, Corey.
2: It's very easy. I mean, there are a few questions that you have to answer. There are a few qualifying questions that you have to answer about your health. And, you be, and after that, after passing that initial uh, test and you get – your cheek swab, then you get put on a registry, a worldwide registry. Okay. And then when a, a physician and a patient find a match, then they reach out to you. Uh, the folks at DKMS do, and they ask you if you want to participate. It's totally voluntary. But in my opinion, if I swab my cheeks and I get the call, I would strongly encourage others that if they get the call to go forward with it, or, or don't do it in the first place. I mean, that's the intent. You get swabs to right. someone's life. You should do it hands
1: down. Let me ask you this, Corey. One of the things you mentioned, I didn't realize it goes to like a global registry. So this could be people yes, this could does. be people anywhere across the globe that are in need of, of support, whether it's that bone marrow when they're when they're uh when they're struggling against this disease, correct?
2: Absolutely. I mean there are donors from all over the world from the United States, Canada, Europe, Australia. It's a worldwide registry. I mean the patient that I donated to was in the domestic United States and you know, but there are a, a lot of donors who have donated uh, their stem cells or bone marrow to patients over in Europe, oh, wow. for example, or, or in Mexico or wow. in Canada, so worldwide. So just because you swab your cheeks doesn't mean it's going to go to somebody in the United States. And that's the exciting thing about it, that you can save anybody's life, regardless of their race, background, nationality.
1: Wow, you're a uh, true global citizen, Corey really helping people, you obviously would recommend this uh, to someone else because it is so easy, and you're really getting that intrinsic paycheck, right? You're not getting money out of this. You're getting the peace of mind, the internal value, understanding that you helped save a life. Um, and how would you hear about this, Corey?
2: You know, when it was at the lacrosse tournament that I went to, my son who who, who plays lacrosse was at a tournament over the weekend. I, I spoke with a representative from a DKMS. Right. Uh, she was there on a Saturday. Her name is Amy Roseman, and a shout out to her. And uh, she was walking me through it. I walked by the table, and I said, "Let me go ask her about this." And you know, she, and uh, she and she explained to me, you know, here's the process: you get swabbed, you get put in a registry, you can be called for bone marrow stem cells. And I said, "You know what? I'm going to think about this because I'm not sure if it's something I want to do." But I came back that Sunday. She swabbed 23 people, and I was the only person to match from that day. So but I went ahead. I did it. I said, let's do it. Let's get swapped on Sunday before the tournament was over. And that's how easy it was to wow. do. It really was. Because yeah. uh, when you swap, all the expenses are taken care of, all your all your travel, all the nursing that they have to do to help monitor you. I mean, everything's included. So there's no cost of the patient whatsoever, which yep. makes it really good.
1: <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to ask you, so thanks, uh, Corey Sully over here, talking about how easy it is to partner with DKMS, right, um, and help really the fight against blood cancer. Like you said, you can donate, um, you know, your, your bone marrow. You could. It's very easy to do, and you could save a life just like Corey Sully. Hey, Corey, though, listen, this weekend is National Fantasy Football Draft weekend, so we got to get into it a little bit, okay? We got to get into yes, some football. Sir. Let's get into this. I don't know if you were listening earlier in the show, uh, but I was giving you, I was giving out my wide receiver, my diamonds and my full gazes, okay? So I want you to first take a second, organize your thoughts here about wide receivers. I'm going to ask you about a couple of wideouts that maybe you like, a couple of guys you might be a little bit down on. First thing I got to do is Mendo Bruce, okay? I see you in the chat room. Mendo Bruce, I'm telling you right now, I like CMC. I like CMC out of that. I agree with everybody else in the chat. I'm waiting on quarterback. I'm not taking a quarterback, okay? Um... Oh, wait! You have Fournette, McCaffrey, and Baldwin. Do you take Demarius Thomas, Josh Gordon, or Aaron Rodgers? I wait on the quarterback, my friend. I wait on the quarterback. Of those guys, I kind of, listen, Josh Gordon is so, the variance there is so crazy. Um, you know, it's not the quarterback, let's say that. I like Demarius Thomas there. Uh, in best ball, I know a lot of people saying Rodgers, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm waiting on quarterback all day long. A lot of people are going with Rodgers. Sure, if you want Aaron Rodgers, that's a beautiful thing. I am waiting on quarterback. I'm waiting a little bit later on. But back now to my guy, Corey Sully, representing DKMS. All right, Um, right, let's talk wide receivers. Let's talk wide receivers, Corey. Yes. If there is one wide receiver, you know, that's not named Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, guys like that, right? Who is one guy that you're going to have a lot of shares of, in your fantasy football leagues this year that you're targeting maybe a little bit later on in drafts i gave some people some diamonds and fugazis in the mid rounds earlier in the show who's one guy that you're targeting you know uh that you really want on your team at the wide receiver position
2: the one guy that i want on my team is jarvis landry now he's he's not he he was traded from miami are you watching
1: hard knocks though Corey? are you watching hard knocks
2: you know what? I am. I have seen this series. How much I of that,
1: how done. much of your Jarvis Landry calls because you're watching Hard Knocks?
2: Very little. Okay. Because I followed him at Miami. All right. I followed him at Miami. All right. And, uh, I mean, that trade to Cleveland was phenomenal for him, but I think he, he's a diamond in the rough, and I think that if you look at Jarvis Landry and you look at Baker Mayfield and yeah. uh, and that connection with uh, Tyrod Taylor, I mean, just watch that. That's going to be a sleeper this year, I believe. All right. really is.
1: I like that. I like that. Uh, Jarvis Landry for sure. I've already said, you know, he's going in a lot of people's ranks as wide receiver, you know, maybe like. Between 17 and 22, kind of back-end wide receiver, too. I agree with you. I like Jarvis Landry a lot. I like. I think the Browns are going to use him a little bit differently than Miami did, not purely in the slot. He's going to be outside a little bit. He's going to be down the field a little bit more. I'm expecting more touchdowns for Jarvis Landry this year mm. than in years past. So I like that one. Corey, Yeah, hey, you got another one, or should we go to guys that you want to avoid this year? Uh, you got any other diamonds in the rough for me at the wide receiver position? No.
2: Um. You know, there really aren't any of the diamonds in the rough that I have. Okay. Um, I mean, I can tell you that there are are a couple of people that I would stay away from. Who are those? About Josh Gordon, I mean, I'm thinking about some someone who's been in the league for four years. That, right. Uh, I mean, he's on the trade block right now. He's got a lot of upside. I think most of his problems are behind him. But uh, I mean, I'd probably stay away from. Him. It's based on his past. Has a huge upside, but I would say that you know, hey, I, mean, I wouldn't even look at Josh Gordon. Yeah. Put him on my and He would be hands off from me.
1: I hear you. And, and listen, there's great there's great potential there. Right. His his skills are yeah. dynamic. We know that. OK. But I'm with you. I'm down on Josh Gordon for a number of reasons. One, listen, mm-hmm. he didn't fail a test or anything like that. He just needed a couple of weeks for his own mental health. What happens if that if he needs another couple of weeks at the end of November? You know, who knows with this? And they're gonna treat him with kid gloves because they know, you know, he's frail, he's delicate, right? So, what happens when all of a sudden you need him in week 12? And he needs to take a brief respite again. And he leaves you SOL. So I agree with that. And the other reason is because all of a sudden there's now more playmakers in Cleveland than there ever was when he was there before. Jarvis Landry we talked about. The emergence of Njoku. You know, the, a legit running back committee. Yeah. So I think there's more mouths to feed there in Cleveland as well. So I agree with you. I'm off Josh Gordon. Who else you want to avoid? Who else is a fugazi for you? As you think about that real quick, I agree with these people in the chat room, okay? Okay. I'm going Devontae Adams as well and uh, and uh, Saquon Barkley. I'm going Barkley with the wideouts. And for me, it goes Devontae Adams, Mike Thomas, Mike Evans, ahead of, say, like you would do the Gordon uh, Odell Beckham. So Cormier out there, I'm with the rest of the people in the chat room, specifically Perry Ng and Gregory Castillo. I agree. I'm going Saquon Barkley and Devo- uh, and, and uh, Devontae Adams in that situation. All right, So let's get back to Corey Sully, though, here. I'm sorry, Corey. We got a lot of stuff people, yes, so no, you know, no, people want people want their questions answered. They drafting this week. You know what I'm saying? And they want to win their leagues and win that cash like my man Strong Style says. All right, so we got Josh Gordon out there that we want to avoid. And and don't get me wrong, someone is going to draft Josh Gordon high in your league and it may work out for them. It's just not going to be me who takes that chance. I agree with you, Corey. Who are you uh, who else you want to avoid?
2: You know, one other wide receiver that hasn't gotten a lot of press since he took a, uh, you know, since he was going to hold out is that of Julio Jones. I mean, they gave him a couple extra mil, and he came in. He's not been spoken a lot about, but I really think that he's somebody I'd stay away from. He he kind of he reminds me a lot of the Des Bryant type person we had here in Dallas for a long. I'm mean, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. But I mean, that Atlanta uh, Falcon offense is so diverse and. I mean, they need to look at some other weapons. Heck, you know, like Devontae Freeman. I mean, they have so many other weapons they can go to, but sure. I think that could backfire on the Falcons, quite honestly. So I would stay away from Julio Jones.
1: All right, I mean, fair you know, enough. I mean, Corey, at some level, though, you got to take him, right? I mean, sure, maybe he's not sure. up in the Odell Beckham level for you anymore, DeAndre Hopkins. But at some point, right, everybody's got a price, right? Yes. All right, fair enough. You got one other. Uh, you got one other, uh, guy you want to give out there at the wide receiver position before we get out of here, before the break?
2: Um, my goodness. Um, there's another guy that I would probably take. Who's that? Would be, uh, Mike Evans. Okay. Um, down in Tampa Bay. I mean, it's a, I mean, four. I mean, it's going to be a big year for him. Heck, for yeah. whoever's behind center and whoever's on the center, whether right. it's, um, uh, you know, but I think that's somebody that I would take, too. He's another sleeper, in my opinion. All right. So, I mean, signed a contract. He's very motivated to get out there and show, you know, show them why he should he should be their number one guy down Tampa Bay. Fair so enough. Mike Evans-
1: Stairway to Evans. Thanks for spending a couple minutes with us, Corey. And remember, everybody, get out there and support with DKMS. You could help the fight against blood cancer. Not in the fantasy world, in the real world, like my man Corey Sully. Hey, come on back and join us again sometime. All right, Corey?
2: I will. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate
1: you. Thanks so much. We appreciate you as well. When we come back, we go to the stats overbeat cipher and we break down some of these preseason dress rehearsals that are about to pop off in half an hour. All right, it's been statistician fantasy freestyle. Come on, right back. Stats Over Beats, Cypher, knows how to party, we keep it rocking. we keep it rockin', you know what it is, it's your boy Dane Martinez right back. A lot of shout-outs I gotta give you. First of all, my man Jim Ross, I see you, and I'm gonna see you on Saturday too. I'll see you at the Greenwich Street Tavern, brother man, I know we in the same division, I believe. So uh, you know, if you want to try to plant your flag on the on the shoulders of the spitting statistician, I'm ready for you, Jim Ross. We'll see. All right, we'll see. Maybe it'll be a slobber knocker out there. Um, Perry Ing, you're asking me about uh, Hogan. Where would I take Hogan? I love Hogan. If I can get Hogan, if I can get Hogan in the fifth round, I'm pouncing on him. All right. If I can get Hogan in the fifth round, I'm pouncing on him. If I'm late fourth round. You know, if I'm in that 11 or 12 spot, I, I, I'm okay with him very, very late fourth round, but fifth round for me is ideal, all right? That's it from my man Perry Ng. Um, we also got a question from Jay Text on the chat room talking about guys that I've mentioned already here before. He's talking about Jarvis Landry or Derrick Henry. Uh, for me, it's all Jarvis Landry. Listen, and it's not the hard knock bias. It really is not, okay? Yes, on hard knocks, we see his leadership. Yes, in hard knocks, blah, blah, blah. For me... It's the way they are using him. They are using him down the field. Did you the very first play of the first preseason game against the Giants, it was back shoulder fade down the sideline to Jarvis Landry. That's part that's indicative of in my opinion how they are going to use him a little bit differently than um Then the Miami Dolphins did. All right, Perry Ng now is asking me about Cousins, Goff, or Stafford. Listen, of those, I think Stafford is the most stable. He's going to—him and Jim Bob Cooter are going to get you 4,200 yards every damn year. You could write it right now, barring injury, right? Goff— I think is the one, and Goff and Cousins have the high upside. Remember, the Rams were the number one offense in the league last year, right? But there's also a little bit of a potential drop-off. was that second year? Like, can he do it again? And with Cousins, I like him. But, you know, there's the adjustment period, right? He's got a new set of wide receivers, that sort of thing. Those things are not the case with Stafford. So Stafford, to me, is the most stable of those three. I can understand a lot of people liking Cousins as well, potentially over Stafford. I've been a Jim Bob Cooter and a Matty Stafford guy for a long time. You're quite welcome, Perry And That's what it is. And, yo, big shout-out to so many people. You know, that are like, yo, I'm getting ready to come back. You know, I'm coming back for football with Stats Over beats Cypher. You know, so I like that. Also, Dylan is out there. Dylan Wiggins, yeah, I like T.Y. Hilton this year. I think T.Y. Hilton is being under-respected. You know how, like, Andrew Luck is so low in drafts? They're doing the same thing to T.Y. Hilton. And I don't know why. To be quite honest, the last year that T.Y. Hilton was there with a healthy Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton led the NFL in receiving yards. T.Y. Hilton was a top 10 wide receiver, okay? So the fact that you can get him now much later than that, you know, I'm seeing him go late second round. I'm seeing him go, you know, as wide receiver 11 or 12, which I think is ridiculous, okay? So I think there's value there, and I think his ADP, T.Y. Hilton, that is, will ascend as soon as we see more and more of Andrew I'm up all night to get lucky being a little bit healthy. That's what I'm saying. Am I grabbing digs in the third round says Stephen Cormier. Well, he certainly listens to this boy, the st- spitting statistician, because he knows that whenever we talk about that wide receiver out there in purple in Minnesota, we go, can you, digs it? I love Stefan Diggs. Okay, I love Stefan Diggs. Here's why. I think people are going Thielen and Diggs. I think this year it's going to wind up being like, Diggs. There's, there's no reason to not think that Diggs can just as easily have more production than Thielen this year. It looks like Cousins is locking in on him. Um, you know, so I like Diggs a lot. I like Diggs at that same level with, like, the Mike Evanses of the world, um, the T.Y. Hiltons of the world. In fact, to be quite honest, if I'm, you know, and it's all relative. You got to see how the draft plays out, right? But I'm, I'm finding in a lot of the drafts I'm doing and a lot of the mocks I'm doing, I'm winding up with two running backs at the start, because I'm leaning towards those workhorses, right? If I'm in, like, the eighth spot, and I wind up with Melvin Gordon and Christian McCaffrey, I'm cool with that. Why? Because then the wide receivers that I like at the, in that 10 to 20 range, I'm completely happy with them. I'm happy with, you know, Stefan Diggs, T.Y. Hilton, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry. Um, who are some of these other guys like that? Um... You know, both Minnesota guys, I'm fine with then banging out wide receivers in rounds three, four, and five and being very comfortable because other people are going to take guys that I don't like there. The Josh Gordons, the Jujus, who I'm a little bit lower on than most, right? So I'm going to wind up with, you know, uh, Fournette, Gordon, Hunt, Kamara, Saquon. And then on the back end, I'm gonna wind up with CMC, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon as a second round running back is someone I'm winding up with a lot. And boy do I love it. Right. And then I'm winding up with a lot of I'm winding up with a lot of Jarvis Landry, Stefan Diggs, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, Allen Robinson as my like one, two wide receivers. And I'm cool with that. Okay, so that gives you a little bit of insight after the way I um, after the way I'm, I'm, I'm doing that, I agree with Eric Johnson, who's out there. Cousins is looking to digs left and right. They just spent money on digs as well. Listen, I think Stefan Diggs is primed for a big year. He could push for top 10, in my opinion. All right, uh, big shout-out to the Stats Over Beat Cypher, as always. Um, we'll get back to some of those questions. My man Danny Otto is keeping it. You know, locked in in the chat room. He's going to help me up with any other questions. Let's look at these preseason games tonight. Philadelphia Eagles and the Cleveland Browns. Here's what I'm looking for in this game. I think there's things to be seen. I'm looking in Cleveland. I'm looking at this Chubb-Hyde kind of balance. This thing is very important to me. I'm looking at that. Um, I'm seeing if uh, Carlos Hyde is... You know, the raw dog, if Nick Chubb is playing at all with these ones. Uh, because it looks like Hyde has been performing pretty well. Chubb, you know, defecated the mattress in the first preseason game. was a little bit better. Got a touchdown, I believe, against Buffalo last week. But um, I'm looking at that. And here's the other thing I'm looking at on the Philly side. And this this could have impact even going into the season. We talked about it once or twice, but it is kind of uh, not reported much. We're not talked about it as much. Alshon Jeffrey is still not healthy. Alshon Jeffrey is still not healthy for these Philadelphia Eagans. There was buzz about him maybe being put on the pup list. Now, he defu- uh, you know, refuted that right away. Fine. But that means he's not 100%. That means this recovery is taking longer than they expected. And that's an issue for me. All right? And so um, I'm interested to see these other wide receivers. I'm interested to see Mike Wallace, Nelson Aguilar, Mac Hollins, even a guy like Dallas Goddard. The second tight end. I'm trying to see where does I was gonna say Carson Wentz, but where does the Philly quarterback go? It looks like Nick Foles will be in there tonight. Where does where where does the quarterback go when who are not named Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz? How is that spread going? That's the thing I'm gonna be very interested in. People very, you know, differ wildly on their opinion on Mike Wallace this year. Could he be the Torrey Smith? That breaks the top off the defense. Could he do more for that team? Or is he someone whose ship has sailed? Is he a Fugazi, you know? I'm interested to see the pass catchers for the Philadelphia Eagles today. Later on tomorrow, we got a boatload of games. The Snoopy Bowl, Jets and Giants. Listen, you want to see if Sam Darnold can continue that progression, right? That's going to be my take out of that one. Denver versus Washington. I'm looking at these running back situations in Denver. Royce Freeman, it looks like he's trending to leapfrog Devontae Booker. I want to see what he can do against the ones. I want to see what he can do against defensive starters. That's important to me. I got eyes on Royce Freeman because I may want him. You know, I may think Royce Freeman. I may see Royce Freeman going in rounds four or five. If I can get Royce Freeman in round five, I'm excited about that. Um, but he's going so far up that you may have to go late fourth round to get a guy like Royce Freeman. So I'm looking at that. And in Washington, I'm looking at the running back situation also. this They signed Adrian Peterson. This is now a full-on blown committee. You got Chris Thompson for the PPR kind of work. But Adrian Peterson, Rob Kelly, Samaje Pirine, I'm intrigued to see how that plays out, okay? We got New England, Carolina. And Carolina, I want to see... I want to see this kid DJ Moore. They are moving him all around the formation. He looks dynamic. I want to see more out of DJ Moore to see how he stacks up against these other rookie wide receivers, the the Ridleys, the Gallups of the world, the uh you know, the Christian Kirk's that are out there. I want to see what Calvin Ridley, uh, what DJ Moore does for Carolina. In Detroit, I'm intrigued by the running back position as the Detroit uh, Lions go to Tampa to take on the Bucks. In Detroit, um, you got Amir Abdullah. I think he's being showcased but for potential trade. Okay, I think they're gonna. They really like Carry on Johnson. Someone mentioned Theo Riddick to me down there in the fantasy pit of misery. I'm a little worried about Theo Riddick because it looks like Carryon Johnson could be a force in the passing game. So I want to see Carryon Johnson out of the backfield and how they're using him and if they believe they can use him. Hi, hi. We see people over here waving at Studio 34. How you doing? Come on in. Um. Yeah, people want to be down with the Stats Over Beat Cypher. That's what it comes down to. Okay, so people want to record. People want to wave. People want to say what's up. People want to know about Kerryon Johnson. They're playing Tampa. I said it before. Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber. I'm looking at that split as well. Next game up, Seattle and Minnesota. In uh, Minnesota, we were talking about Diggs and Thielen, right? I got a feeling. I got a feeling that Kirk Cousins is locked on to Stephon. Can you digs it? So I want to see that. And it looks like uh, I want to see Dalvin Cook get in some action as well. In Seattle, I want to see if Chris Carson can hold on to the ball. And I want to see, is Brandon Marshall really anything for this team? Because Doug Baldwin's getting banged up. There's some talk in the chat room about Baldwin as well. I want to see if Marshall can be a viable red zone option. I want to see how they use Lockett, Darbo, these kind of guys. Guys that are not named Doug Baldwin. That's what I'm interested in there. And the last game that happens tomorrow, where we'll hold it here for now, Green Bay Packers, they travel to Oakland to take on the Raiders. I'm intrigued by Green Bay. I really, really am. I'm looking at who is this third wide receiver. Is it Geronimo Allison? Is it uh, this rookie... Who has, oh, this guy's had a 70 yard touchdown pass both weeks of the preseason. Is it one of the three rookies that the Packers have drafted, right? Uh, Jamon Moore, who we're here struggling with drops, Uh, Equiminus St. Brown, and uh, Thomas Scantling. I want to see if any of these guys can take a step forward and threaten Geronimo Allison for the number three job in Green Bay. I believe the Green Bay Packers' offense at times has been able to support three wide receivers. And so I want to see who gets that job. Interesting question from my man, Chris Serra- Serrao. Serrano or Serrao. Chris Serrao is asking me about Joe Mixon or Alex Collins in a standard league. Those are pretty close for me. I got to tell you the truth. Those are pretty close for me, okay? I- I'm looking at Oh man, Scott Angle's ranks right now, and you need to go on out there and get the Roto Experts exclusive Edge fantasy package. You can enter the promo code SPEEDS at checkout, right? He's got Joe Mixon in standard at number 11, and he's got Collins at number 15. That's in standard settings. In PPR, it's like it, it changes slightly. Mixon to 12, and Collins at 16. So we're right in the same universe right there, and I agree with the king, El Rey de Fantasia, Scott Angle, I lean, I lean towards Mixon. I think Mixon is really going to have a breakout this year. I think Rick, uh, Mixon is really going to have, oh, Sarayo. Got it. Sarayo. Thank you, Chris, for the clarification. Saray or A-O. AO. Um, but to answer your question, brother man, I like mixon. I like mixon. I think Mixon takes a step forward. I think that offensive line got a little bit better in Cincinnati. And remember, Mixon last year was not getting real touches you know, for the first four weeks of the season. I think he's going to have an increased uh, carries this year. I think he's going to move forward, and the offensive line is a little bit better. I like me, Joe Mixon. I'm very pleased with Joe Mixon if he's my RB2. If Joe Mixon is my second RB, I'm going to have a week-to-week advantage there. Um, What else we got? What else we got? Um, As the uh, chat room builds real quick later on, I want to say, you know, dilly-dilly to everybody. I also heard from Jilly-dilly. A little bit earlier today, she said she's not able to make the show today. She's going to, I think, some uh, college thing, some, something there. So we give a big shout-out to her. She also correctly identified the episode number, so we appreciate that. Um, I don't think we're going to have time for our Trap Game Maestros Rap Remix today. So, you know, we're, we're, we're moving and shaking here. Here's what I want to tell you with the couple of minutes that we do have left. We only got a couple of minutes left, and then we got a little bit of popping off. My man, Danny Otto, I do want to talk to you about this Hard Knocks. And here's what I gleaned from that, okay? I got to tell you something. Terod is going to start here in Cleveland. Terod is the leader of this team, all right? You can see it in the difference. We got Baker Mayfield posing in underwear, and Terod is home studying the game film. Terod is in Hugh Jackson's ear about how to build good habits. I think, listen, I love Baker Mayfield, and he's the number one pick. He's going to play in Cleveland eventually, but... Terod, I think, is the starting quarterback. Hello, hello, and I think Terod. You know, I think he. I like him, and I think the more and more you see behind the curtain with the Cleveland organization, he looks like a mature, you know, leader, and I like what I see there. The other thing I got, and you know, Danny, if I can get Danny, I got they They had a thing about their offensive line coach, Bob Wiley. And he put up some animals on the screen talking about the offensive lineman. Like, you got to get a low center of gravity, like the rhinoceros. You know, you got to run with your knees high, like the uh, the gorilla. I've always thought, Danny, if you had to make a football team out of animals, what animals would play what positions, Danny? Hmm. Like, you would have to probably have, like, a monkey or a gorilla, some kind of primate as a quarterback, right? Yeah, definitely. All right, like, what do you put, like, big cats as linebackers? You get some panthers, some tigers out there, some cheetahs. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. All right, so who are we using as O-linemen? Is it rhinos, is it elephants? Now, are these, like, elephants that we're saying they can stand on two feet? Yeah, middle- sure. I mean, we're clearly yeah, taking then, liberties here.
0: 100- <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to make sure we're doing this right. Yeah, um, Yeah, I guess rhinos and, and elephants for sure.
1: So here's the thing. Like, if you have a rhino and an elephant, then my defensive lineman will be a mouse. And boom, boom. what do you think?
2: I mean, that's a good strategy
1: unless it gets slammed to the ground and then it's it's never getting back up again. Let's talk about this. Let's flesh this out some more on the next episode of Fantasy Freestyle. I want to build my animal football team. All right? No birds and no fish. That would be cheating. All right? So let's think about that. Uh, Last question out of here. Perry Ng. Do I trust Cam and Russ with their respective offensive lines? Russell, yes. Cam, eh. You know, Russell, I think he's an MVP candidate this year. I think Russell might win the MVP award because of that offensive line, the death, dearth of options. And Russell's been doing it with that offensive line for the last couple of years anyway. Cam, I'm not as high on. There you have it, guys. Thanks to everybody on the Stats Over Beat Cypher. Hit me up at Spin and Speeds. On the Patreon also, you get the guaranteed answers. I'll be back here on Tuesday to break down all the dress rehearsals, what it means, and we'll do diamonds and fugazis for defenses. Right there. But I'm out. It's your boy, Dane Martinez. Peace. The Spittin' Statistician. I'll see y'all tomorrow morning for Fantasy Freestyle on Tuesday. Peace.